I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming and has now come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good will rise to live, and those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. This is uh, this subject that, that is before us this morning that is mentioned in, in this text in John five twenty four through 29 about life and death is, is the most interesting subject that we have as believers in Christ, the most interesting subject that anyone has. Life and death is, is the, captures our attention because these are issues that involve whether or not we actually exist or do not exist and how we exist. There's likely no more interesting subject in the Bible than this this one subject, life and death. And Jesus is speaking of two different situations in this. He's not talking about just one point or just one, little, one, one situation. He's talking about two. He's referring to two different types of dead people. Some dead people that are alive and some dead people that are dead. And then he's talking about people that will be alive later on that are already dead physically. Our experiences tell us, because as I look over the audience, you've probably had experience with, with the deadness. Actually, people that are dead. And uh, I don't know whether you have actually come in contact with a dead person or not. But if you have, you, you recognize that they are totally unresponsive. You can touch them, you can talk to them, you can shake them, you can move them around, you can move their arms or legs. Not responsive at all, and not, not sensitive at all to your touch. They don't know that you're there. Our, we know the difference between things that are dead and alive. Sometimes we uh, recognize or see something that's dead in the form of a dead animal. And we know at that point that uh, there is no response from that animal when they're, when they're dead. And we, we know the difference. Sometimes there's a revival process that goes on and some people that you think are dead come back to life because they're not really dead. They're revived. But the words that usually convey to our concept of deadness are terms like this. We're without life. That's when you're dead, you're without life. Sometimes the word numb comes to mind. Numb to the touch. You can have a portion of your body that's numb and you'll call that dead. You, there's no feeling. Insensate. No sensitivity to, to any of the external conditions. 
insensitive to, to light, insensitive to touch, insensitive to heat, cold, cold to the touch, unfeeling. That's sometimes we use the term dead to mean that. Practical experience gives meaning to the word described in our, our, our physical departure. The, the spirit leaves the body, and therefore when the spirit leaves the body, the body is dead. We're dead. John, or James chapter 2 at verse 26 says, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. So let's look at that first statement that Jesus made in John chapter 5. He said, The hour is coming, and now is, when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they shall live. Okay. The dead can hear the voice of the Son of God, and they will live. Now, he's not talking about somebody that's in the grave. He's talking about somebody that's dead and can hear the voice of God and will, will respond to it. He's referring to those that are dead to God because they're in another world. They're insensate to God. They don't feel Him. They don't hear Him. They don't sense Him in any of their physical senses. And they certainly don't, don't have any sensation of Him in their heart or in their mind, in their soul. Now, the voice of Jesus revives them and brings them to life. Consider the example of what the father of the prodigal son said when, when the prodigal son came home. Now, as I do on many occasions, I'm going to ask you to think differently than perhaps you've thought before about the idea of being dead to God and alive to God. Let's think in these terms. First of all, I want to tell you something. In the 1960s, there was a movement that started, and it started by a, 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 a philologist, a fellow that, that thought he knew more than everybody else did. And he said in his philosophy, he said, God is dead. And it sort of took root because there was no there was no feeling. People could not feel him. They could not sense him. They didn't know. They called upon him. They asked him to do things. Therefore, they said God is dead. The problem was God wasn't dead. They were. Now that's the issue. The prodigal son. Now let's look at the prodigal son and look at this. Look at it this way. God has never been dead. He's always been sensate. He's always been feeling. He, he could always always respond because God is alive and He's alive to us. Now, listen, I'm not saying you're alive to Him. He's alive to you. So that God is not the one that's dead. If anybody's dead, we're dead. We're insensitive to God. So that makes us dead instead of Him. Now look at the prodigal son. You remember that story? He decided that he wanted what God had, what his father had for him now. Give it to me now. Give me my inheritance. And when he did, he went to a far country and he's, he wasted his living. And you know what? This boy was dead to his father. Now, wait a minute. His father did not say, my son is, I don't have a son. That's not what his father said. The son said, I don't have a father. Now, that's what was said. The son became insensitive to his father. The father was never insensitive to his son. So who was dead? The one that was dead was the son. 
because he lost his feeling for his father. He didn't care. All he cared about was himself. Well, eventually he came to himself. Now, in, in Luke chapter 15, 24, it says, <coughs> Excuse me, this my son was dead and is alive again. Now, what is, what is the father saying? He's saying, my boy knows that I'm alive now. That's what he's saying. My son knows that I'm, I'm still here because he came home. Okay, he's alive again. He was lost and is found. The father was never lost. He was always there. And the son finally realized that his father was alive and he was dead, but he was going to come home. Okay. And when he came home, the elder brother didn't like it because his father was so happy to see him back. His father was happy to see him back because his son became aware of his presence and his son came home to him and recognized him and he was sensitive then to his father. But the older son, he didn't like that. And so the father reminded the older son of this in chapter 15 and verse 32. He said, be glad for your brother was dead. Your brother was dead. I wasn't dead. You weren't dead. Our servants weren't dead. Your brother was dead. He lost his sensitivity to his family, but now he's found. Now, Paul told Timothy that some people were dead because they lived in pleasure. He mentioned that about, about a widow that was not qualified to be a widow indeed. In 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 6, he said, She that lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. She's dead while she lives. Sin is a deadening agent. This is the point. Sin will numb you to God. That's exactly what it does. And it will eventually kill you. Doesn't mean you won't be walking around, talking, singing, pursuing whatever you want to do. But if you sin, it, it, will, it will eventually deaden your whole being to God. That's, his, that's the effect. You know what, uh, you probably know what Novocaine is. You've heard of the term Novocaine. It's not used much anymore, but lidocaine is. But what the dentist used to do is they, they put Novocaine in your mouth so that it deadened your jaw so when they ground around on your, the nerves in your teeth, you couldn't feel it. And then you'd put your hand to your face and you, there was no sensation there. You couldn't feel it. Your face could not sense your hand. You may have also experienced that if you've had some kind of surgery, but the surgeon will, will inject you with a nerve-killing or nerve-deadening agent, and your limbs are dead, which means that they're not sensitive to touch. You can't feel anything. You can't feel heat. You can't feel cold, so forth. And you can do this, of course. You can numb yourself through coldness. If you get out in the weather long enough, you can numb your extremities, and eventually, because they're dead, if you don't get them alive again, you'll lose them. You'll lose those extremities because they're dead. Ephesians 2 at verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in sin. You know what that means? It means I'm not sensitive to God. I can't feel God. Isn't that something? I can't feel His presence. I don't know anything about it. You wonder why people run around happy in this world and, 
and ignorant about God is because they're dead to him. Because sin has numbed their senses to God just like Novocaine. Actually, sin is the deadening agent that stops us from feeling anything about God. And as you sin, then you begin to numb yourself to the presence of God. Ephesians 2 verse 5 says, When you're dead in sin, He's quickened us together with Him. So God can bring us alive. That's what Jesus said. That's what the text said to begin with. It said that they shall hear His voice and shall live. So when you hear the voice of Jesus, eventually, if you do, you can come alive. In other words, you can come out of your numb state, your state of numbness to God. Colossians 2.13 says, And you being dead in your sins... And the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Now the clamor of the world, when the world begins to speak to you and tell you things that you want to, that it wants you to do, when you see all the beauty and all the all the extravagance of the world that the world thinks is so wonderful, when you begin to take that in, then you begin to lose your sense of hearing the voice of God. The more you listen to the world, and the more you listen to what the world wants you to hear, and there's plenty being said now, by the way. When you turn on your television set or your radio, you're hearing all sorts of voices that talk about what you ought to do, which are absolutely contrary to the will of God. The more you listen to that, and the more you pay attention to it, the more you think, well, maybe these guys have got a point. Maybe they're right. Maybe fornication is okay. Maybe it's okay to live in sin out of wedlock. Maybe that's not bad. Do you know what's happening? You're, you're losing your hearing. You're losing your, your sense of hearing. You're hearing something else. Oh, it won't hurt a little bit. For A little bit of pornography won't hurt anybody. And so you sit down at your computer and begin to work, work on your computer and look at pornography. And you know what's happening? You're getting numb. The deadening agent is starting to work on you and you're getting further away from God, and God can't touch you. He wants to. He wants to, but you can't feel Him. The more you sin, the more you get yourself involved in sin, the less you can sense the presence of God. Now, no wonder people are saying, I don't believe there's a God. Where is He? Where is God? I can't see Him. I can't feel Him. No wonder you can't. You're, you're up to your neck in, in sin. Probably over your eyeballs in sin. You can't hear Him, you can't feel Him, you can't see Him because you're involved in sin. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15, and basically what's happening is your heart is being numb. Your heart is being deadened. While it is said today, if you'll hear His voice, harden not your hearts. Well, that means don't sin. Just stay away from it. Matthew thirteen fifteen says, This people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. In the story about the rich man and Lazarus, when Lazarus asked Abraham to send someone back to this earth, you remember the story? The rich man and Lazarus died. The rich man had plenty. Lazarus was laid at his doorstep. He didn't have anything to eat. They both died. One went to Abraham's bosom, which was the poor beggar, the poor of this world. And then Lazarus went to a place of distress. And so Lazarus said, well, send, send somebody 
sent somebody back to, to warn my, my brothers. And you know what, what uh, Abraham said? If one went unto them from the dead, they will not repent. If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Why? My friends, because they are dead. Try to raise the dead. Now, I, I, don't, I don't want to be insensitive to this, but when we begin to talk about people being unresponsive and being dead, we have to think about people that have died and whether or not we can make them sense our presence. I've been around hundreds and hundreds of, well, I shouldn't say hundreds, several hundred people that have died with people that are mourning in funerals and situations like that. And they, they grasp at the people and try to pull them up and get them to respond. They're not going to respond. They're gone. Touching them, talking to them, they're gone. Well, that's exactly what happens when we sin against God and walk away from Him. And when we begin to think about, well, why don't people respond to God because they're numb to Him, because their hearts are dead. That's, that's a simple, simple explanation. They can't respond. They won't respond. They can't be touched by God. They can't feel it. When people, when people say, I can't feel Him, well, the obvious answer is, you're deep in your sins. You've numbed yourself to God. You, you can't hear His voice. You don't want to hear His voice. You don't want to hear anything. You don't hear anything that God has to say about you because you think you're right and cannot be wrong and you won't listen to God. Now Jesus said, I can make you alive. You can hear my voice. But if you stop your ears, you can't hear. If you can't hear, then you're not going to live. Now, Jesus, Jesus admonished in Revelation 2 at verse 5, He says, He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says in the churches. It's obvious from these texts that we've read about death and about individuals who are in sin, that it's not so much a loss of hearing as it is the inability of a dead person to hear the admonition. Sin does that to a person. <clears throat> sin makes you immune to the voice of reason. It, you just get to the point where you think, well, I, I, I can't hear. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I remember there was an old boy one time when I was a younger man, and I was involved a lot in, in my own ways. And this, this fellow used to come around and want to talk to me about Jesus. And I worked in an ice plant. And so when I saw him coming, and there, I had friends that worked there too, when we saw him coming, we'd go inside the locker and lock the door because we didn't want to hear him talk to us about Jesus. How foolish that was, but it's typical. I did not want to hear about Jesus because I was not sensitive to God. Not at all. It, uh, sin, sin kills us. It separates us from the life-giving source that sustains us. It's the worst sort of heart disease. It hardens the arteries and chambers of our emotions toward God. We just, we just can't respond to it. It quick freezes our hearts. We can't feel God's touch. Jesus said the dead can hear His voice, and they that hear shall live. Now the dead can hear His voice if the dead will open their ears. John 11, verse 25 and 26, 
Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Okay. He that lives and believes in me shall never die. Okay, so what we need to do then, what I need to do, is hear the voice of God through the voice of Jesus. If Jesus talks to me, and I pry my ears open, get them open a little bit, if I can hear, just hear the voice of Jesus, it says he can quicken me, he can make me alive, he can bring me alive. You cannot whisper in the ear of a dead person and bring them alive, but Jesus can whisper in your ear, you're a dead person in sin, he can whisper in your ear, and you can hear his voice, and if you hear his voice, you can live. And the reason, the way you live is, of course, through the agency of faith. Paul said, I'm crucified with Christ. He said, I'm, I go, I'm dead with Christ. He was dead in sin. He said, nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So there is hope. When a person dies, our friends, our family, our loved ones, just our associate, when they die, we know we have no ability to bring them back. When a person is dead in sin, there is only one person who can bring them back. And that person is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And when His Word is spoken and the ear is opened, and that voice is heard, that individual can, in fact, come alive, and their heart can be sensitive to God. They can... Listen, you can feel the presence of God. You can. When you start to sin, if you, men, if you sit down at that computer and you get on your computer and you pull up pornography on your computer, you can feel yourself dying. You can do it. You can feel yourself drawing away from God. When you lose your temper and you begin to spout evil things and curses, you can feel yourself going down and getting numb to God. When you begin, to, when you begin in, in a hateful mood toward someone, angry toward people, if you get involved in drugs and alcohol, whatever it is, as you start in, you start to die and you can feel it. You can feel God leaving you because you're becoming insensitive to Him. And you can feel Him coming back into your life. When you open your ears and your heart and you feel Him in His presence through His Word speaking to you and your faith developing in Jesus Christ. And that's what it is. I'm crucified with Christ. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Romans 6.23 says, The wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. You die. You may not die just like that, but you will die. You will grow numb to God as you, if you continue in that course that you're following, you'll get more and more numb all over, starting with your heart. You'll begin to go dead until finally you, can't even, you don't even care whether there is a God. You, you walk away from Him. It happens. It actually happens. You get further and further from Him and you become deader and deader to Him until finally you die and you are in sin. And yet, praise God, he can quicken you by His Spirit, although you are dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 5.14 says, Awake you the sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. You can come back. 
you can come back. You have to hear his voice. You have to listen. You have to let him build faith in you through his word, and then you can come back. And the way you start, of course, if you've never been with him, the way you start is you give your life to him. You say, okay, Jesus is the Christ. He is the Christ. Faith comes by hearing, hearing with the word of God. And with the mouth you make confession unto him. And your heart then becomes softened. And you believe in God and all of a sudden His Spirit comes in you. As you read His Word, His Word quickens you and you, become, you come into life. And all of a sudden you start feeling the warmth of the presence of Jesus Christ in your life. It happens. It actually happens. And you need to experience that. If you have not been baptized into Christ, that's what you do. You go into the water with Him. You're buried with Him in baptism and you rise to walk again with Him. In newness of life, not death, life. Instead of being dead in sin, we're dead to sin then. Okay, here's the very first part of that. Now then, I, I was dead in sin. I was numb to God. I couldn't feel Him. He had no attraction to me. I, I couldn't sense Him. I didn't know, no wonder people can't sense God. They're in sin. If you're in sin, you're not going to sense Him. I can't sense God. Where is God? Well, get your life right. Let Jesus come into your heart. Open your ears. and Let your faith develop in Jesus Christ. Come alive. Then you can sense God. Then you can feel His presence. Then you can know that He's in your heart. Okay, now, once you get to that point, He said, you're buried with Him in, in baptism, and when you rise and walk in newness of life, now what happens? Now you reverse the process. Now you're dead to sin. Oops. Now then, when sin calls and beckons, I don't have to listen. I don't listen. Why? Because I'm dead to sin. That's what the Bible teaches. Colossians chapter 1, verse 1 says, If you be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sits on the right hand of God, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. Okay, you're dead where? You're dead to sin. So this, these things in the world no longer have that attraction. When you lose your temper, get it back. Get back close to God. Don't lose your temper. Don't, don't start spouting curses. Don't think evil thoughts. Try to get close to God. Don't let Him get away. Don't get away from Him. Sense His presence. Get numb to those things. Deaden your, dead your heart to the things in this world that are wrong. Greed, avarice, adultery, fornication, all these things. Get numb to them. Get them out of your life. We reverse the feelings of numbness and morbidity, and we put that in the world instead of in our lives. I can sense His presence. I can see the road ahead more clearly. I can respond to His directions. My heart is touched by His Spirit. And you know what? Paul told the church at Colossae, he said, examine yourselves, whether you're in the faith, prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Christ is in you, except you be reprobate? Don't you know he's there? Well, you should if, you, if, you're, if you're following him and if faith has been built in him through your word. This only will I learn of you, he said in Galatians 3, 2, received you the spirit by the works of the law, by the hearing of faith. You heard by the hearing of faith you receive the Spirit of God. Okay, I'm going to shut my New Testament. I'm not going to read anymore. I'm going to read comic books or whatever. 
And so you shut yourself off from the source of life. That's the water of life, the Word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have to have it pouring into you all the time. Get away from the Word, you get away from the source of life. Go back to something else, you, you see the problem? Once we're made alive to God, we're aware that He has always been there. <clears throat> Once you come alive to Him, now, now you're aware, well, He's always been there. It's me that's been gone. He's never been dead. I'm the one that's been dead. He never said, like some fathers say, I have no son, I have no daughter. You've heard that before? Some parent will say, I, I don't have a daughter. But the daughter's there. God will never say that about you. But you sometimes say that about him. I don't have a father. Now that's the problem. Once we've heard his voice, we can hear this. And the next thing we hear is, we're going to be resurrected. Now, the first thing we hear just before the general resurrection, and there's going to be a resurrection, we're going to die. We're going to, we're going to get numb all over physically. We're going to lay down on the pallet or the mat or the dirt or the grass somewhere. We're going to lay down and we're going to give up the spirit. And the, when the spirit is gone, then we're dead. But God tells us that he's going to bring us back. That Jesus said, the dead, I can raise the dead. He that liveth, here, liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Okay. So one, something's going to happen. Once we die physically, not dead to God, but dead physically, we're going to hear a trumpet. And when we hear that trumpet, we're going to stand up and come alive again. That's the most unbelievable concept that this world has, that there's going to be a resurrection. But there is. And we believe it. We're going to get up again. We're going to stand up. I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, Paul told the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians 4.13, Concerning them which are asleep, that you don't sorrow, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For we, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord shall not go before them that are, are asleep. For the Lord himself shall ascend, descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, wherefore comfort one another with these words. So when that trumpet sounds, and we hear the voice of Jesus, we've heard the voice of Jesus during our lives, and so we've been alive to him, and we've been sensitive to him, but then we died. We get numb all over. We can't get up. We're gone. But when the trumpet sounds and the voice of God comes, the voice of Jesus with a shout, then we stand up sensitive to him. And you know what? I will hear him with extreme clarity. I'll hear every sound that is made. I'll hear that voice. I'll hear that trumpet. And my eyes will be clear and I can see with complete, absolute unobstructed vision. My body will be turned to that, will return to that of the strength of a full-grown, mature person. And I can respond to everything he says to me. Because now then, I'm up and I'm alive. He has brought me back. 
it seems that even though they're in the grave, we'll hear this. When the question of the resurrection came, when Jesus made this point, he said, as touching the resurrection of the dead, Matthew 22, 31, 32, have you not read that that which is spoken to you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. All the dead will be raised again. Revelation 14, 13 says, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Right, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rise from, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. The first thing we will hear just before the general resurrection is that loud trumpet. Now, everyone in the grave will rise and there will be a grand reunion with God. We'll rise again. And those who are alive in Jesus Christ will not be surprised. You won't be surprised. You'll know it's going to happen. And you'll be reunited, reunited with God. Your body will return and you'll stand up in the resurrection with Him and you'll have an eternity with Him. And you won't, we'll never be separate from Him, separated from Him again, physically, geographically, emotionally, psychologically. You'll never have a, a gap between yourself and God again. That will be the general resurrection. That's the resurrection we were talking about to start with, I suppose. Jesus talked about the fact, and that's what, that's what uh, Jesus said in, in the text that we had as we began. Marvel not at this, the hour is coming in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice, and they and shall come forth, they that have done good under the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil under the resurrection of damnation. There will be a resurrection. And God help you that when you are standing before him in that resurrection, you won't be surprised. It will be a welcome reunion between yourself and God in person. God help you so live that that is your situation in the resurrection that is certainly going to come. It is on its way. Let's stand and sing our song of invitation. Mm -hmm.